episode 51, titled Embraced by God. On this episode, I sit down with one of my very first guests, Amy Smith, to talk about her image of God. And so we, we do this by tracking her mental visualization uh, from her early years to the, the present day. And uh, today, she paints a picture of essentially being embraced uh, by God. And so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with the one and only Amy Smith. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Amy. Thank you. Uh, I guess with the last name Smith, I guess it's yeah. hard to say you're the one and only, huh? Probably the only yeah. one and only Amy Jones. <laughs> Amy Smith. Jones Smith, right? <laughs> Jones is your name before, all right? Yes. So, well, you can't get more American than that. Yeah, really. Uh, so, I'm sitting here with Amy. Uh, Amy and I work together. She is the uh, admin assistant here at uh, North Point, and um, but we've had a lot of good conversations, and um, you know I can't think of anybody else to uh, I should say I can't think of anybody else to be on the podcast. Nobody wants to be on here. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> uh, no, I could I couldn't think of anyone else to be the first guest actually on the podcast, and so. Um, I'm glad we're able to do this, and I hope you guys enjoy uh, the conversation we have and what she has to offer. Um, of course, I've been talking about the mental visualizations we have of God. I, I am fascinated by our picture thoughts, that is, the images that uh, our minds seem to download um, on, on the spot. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a smell, a sound, a sight, a feel, um, you know, and we have these images that download that connect us to memories in the past, feelings, maybe uh, things that have happened to us. Um, it, I'm fascinated by that, but whenever you combine that with the idea of God and our mental visualizations of God, that mental picture we have when we when we think about God, when we talk about God, when we talk to God, when we pray, when we worship, whatever it is. Um, I'm fascinated by that as well, and more importantly, where that's come from, you know, those things that reinforce those images. Um, and again, my approach to this is not not that there's a right or wrong thing necessarily. It's just It just is. Um, and I think it's important because it does, does help us kind of backtrack a bit to thinking about where these images have come from. What are those things that reinforce it? You know, how has it been developed over time? Has it evolved? Has it changed? And so forth. And so uh, I think it would be a good thing. Um, you know, if I've already recorded my own um, story, or at least a little glimpse into my story about where my image came from and, and what it was all about. And I think it's a good thing to hear from more and more people about this because you get a you get a glimpse into the sacred space that people have journeyed through throughout their lives, and you get to know things about people, uh, that things that may not just come up in regular conversations, and so, and then it allows us and helps us to really connect to people in, in a different way, I think, and in a more, or a deeper way, so, uh, without, with all that being said, um, Amy, I want to start by just simply, let's just talk about what that mental visualization is, uh, but to do that, let's kind of go way back. Okay. to um, just give us a little background information about, you know, what was your 
your your you know life like growing up, your family life, uh, where you lived, um, maybe just some tidbits about uh, that culture, uh, whether it's in the home, outside the home, no matter what. Uh, that kind of just helps us get a foundation of you know mm-hmm. um, your upbringing and where you started in, in this world and even on this journey. So okay, great. Um, well, I was born in the late fifties, so I went through the fifties and sixties era. I remember a lot of things, a lot of my memories, of course, go back to school, early school days and things like that. Um, I'm from a large family. I'm the youngest of nine kids, uh, mostly boys. I have one older sister. Uh, one of my older siblings is my sister. So we cling together desperately. <laughs> um, but I was born in Oklahoma, uh, but gradually we moved uh, eastward, and I was mostly raised in South Carolina. My dad was a pipeline welder, and so he followed the pipeline when they were laying uh, pipe for gas and gas heat in homes. And that's how we got to South Carolina. So by the time I was five, I had lived in several states. I mostly remember that place, though, um, in my earliest days. And so that's where I got my first memories of church, and therefore I'm mm. sure of God. Yeah. So were you. Were you raised in the church? Do you recall a time where you weren't going and then you started going? Uh, how were you introduced to this concept of God? That's a good question. Um, I was raised, I, I thought our whole family was raised in the church for our whole life. Uh, my parents, my mom was a Christian, my dad was not. And so he became a Christian several years into their marriage. He wasn't, he was, he, he wanted to avoid hell. That was a big reason he told us. You know, he said, I, I realized I was not going in the right direction. He'd always been a very moral person, hadn't had any church background, hadn't had any God upbringing from his parents, had a really hard childhood. Um, and I think that colored the rest of his life, as we know that hap- those things happen. Um, but um, so I, ra- I until I was in my probably mid-20s, I went on the assumption that, yeah, we're a church family. So, for example, when my older siblings would get married, you know, one by one, and then stop going to church, I would be like, what is wrong with this picture? You know, why would they not? Because we were just the go-to-church-all-the-time people involved in everything. My dad became a an elder in the church where I was raised up, and my mom and dad always taught Bible classes. We always went to everything when the doors were open, those kind of things. So, um, and that color, believe it or not, that kind of colors your vision of how you feel about God and church. And, you know, you take some things for granted and then you become an adult and go, wait a minute, what, so what happened? It's kind of a mystery. You go back and you have to work backwards and say, wait a minute, what do you mean we didn't always do this? You know, so I was talking to a couple of my younger brothers, one, one of my, one in particular, he's just a. He's, we, we had us four little kids, we called ourselves the four younger and the five older kids. And the older one, the oldest of those four was, was my brother, who is a preacher still. And uh, that's all he ever wanted to be. And he, he remembers that when we moved to that house in South Carolina, that my dad, the very first Sunday, took us to church and went forward. You know, that's what you, you had an altar call and you'd go forward if you felt like you're, there was sin in your life or if you just needed Jesus and you didn't have Jesus yet. So dad went forward, I'm told, and apologized, you know, to the to that church and said, I want you to know this is not how, how I look now. That's not how I've always been. Didn't take my family to church regularly. 
they were in and out. They were always faithful to in their their belief of God, and they taught us about God. They talked about Scripture some, but it was mostly from my mother apparently until that point. Um, but Dad, Dad, you know, Dad asked for forgiveness, asked for prayers, and he said, "I'm I'm here to tell you that I will be." part of this body of you know believers and I will bring my bring my family to church my brother's outlook was shucks now we're gonna go to church all the time you know because uh, he remembers the days of like sketchy church sure, attendance, yeah, you know yeah. so I learned that and that kind of that kind of shook me a little bit you yeah, know as I yeah. look back I thought you know what well what why mm-hmm. you know but then I still didn't put two and two together and think well like why are my do you get married and you don't go to church anymore? That was kind of my outlook, you know, because sure. I was five when my sister married. Okay. Um, so d- things like that colored colored my world a little bit in the younger days. Uh, but as far as me personally, always in the always went to church, always wanted to go, loved it. Mm-hmm. I was all in. Okay. So you so uh, I mean you essentially don't know a time when you you didn't exactly. so you grew up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more and more, I think that's what we see, which we don't take into account, is that our kids essentially grow up, at, you know, and without a time of not knowing Jesus, right? Right? It's a mm-hmm. part of you. Uh, it's in some senses handed to you. you there's nothing you don't you don't know a worldview without that. That's right. right. That's right. Okay, so. Um, and this would have been which decade would this this would have been? That would have been early sixties. Okay, early sixties. So, help us understand some of your earlier experiences uh, growing up in church, uh, and then you know what you thought about God. Maybe mm-hmm. a, if there was a mental visualization of God, an image that you had in your mind of what God looked like, um, and then um, walk us through a journey that goes from you know Amy Jones, right? <laughs> To um, all the, you know, throughout the years and how okay. that progressed. Sure. Um, my earliest memory was of going to that church. Was it may have been the first Sunday, as far as it, I've tried to get with my mom and 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 say, was this the very first Sunday that this happened or not? But but I remember sitting in my mother's lap, and I was probably four and a half, five, and uh, maybe five already, but. Um, I remember sitting in her lap because I was nervous and scared. So that tells me as an adult that I wasn't used to that, you know. And this man who I thought was a giant man, he was probably six feet tall. He comes up and puts his face right in mine and big smile, you know, and says, let me take you to class. (laughs) You freaky man. And I'm like, get out of my face, (laughs) man. I wasn't used to talking to people because we weren't, you know, a big family. We weren't out and in the early 60s, you didn't go off and meet lots of strangers, you know, and you didn't talk to strangers. So I thought it was odd that he would that would offer to do that. And I was like, please, no. So that happened. I remember two or three times he would come on a Sunday. You know, I'd be sitting in the adult class and he would come and try to take me. Because finally, obviously, I went and I loved it. I remember I don't remember my early days from like kindergarten, first grade. I don't remember those. But I remember later on as I began to read and you know, could read for myself. I remember, you know, I always filled out my little booklet, you know, I always answered the questions and 
we would actually sit at home and dad would, you know, mom and dad and, and us kid, younger kids would sit at the table and he'd have us make sure, have you got your, your Sunday lesson ready and things like that. Because I grew up in the days when you got a, you got a little handbook, you know, and it lasted 13 weeks and you went through and okay, filled in yeah, the blanks, yeah, you know, yeah. and then you discussed them when you got there. So hmm. I was all in for that. I liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, my brothers didn't like it. Um, I kind of thought there was something wrong with them. You know, of course, I was great. (laughs) I was fine. (laughs) But something was wrong with them. But I really think the more I think about it, it was colored from that. You know, I was the really the only one that had that experience. Sure. Yeah. So as far as my my outlook on God, I remember always just knowing he could do, you know, his his power was supreme. didn't put in those words, but like if I if I would get sick, I remember praying, yeah, God, can I be well in three days? You know, and then I'd be well in three days. And I'd go see, that was great. You know, um, in my little mind, I didn't ever. I don't think I even shared that with anybody in the family. I would just in my own little private world, sure, yeah. of, you know, between yeah. me and God. Um, I don't know. I think my visual uh, outlook on God was more. Uh, we've talked about this before, and people will probably not remember it because. You know, it's so far back, but some people won't remember flannel graph. But that it was really that. <laughs> Put those sticky characters on the wall, you know, or look at the picture in your handbook. Or those yeah. you used to get glossy pictures in your Bible. Oh yes, you know, yes of yes. Moses and 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 talking to the flaming bush and things like mm-hmm. that. So I sort of had this vision of God was out there, but you couldn't really draw a picture of him, but you could draw, man could draw pictures that that's, he probably looked a little bit like that. Oh, know? okay. Yeah. I, I think I pictured him as, as an old grandpa looking man, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't think about whether I was, I was afraid of him. You know, on some level, because I knew about heaven and hell. You know, we learned that really rigidly in those days. We learned a lot more about hell than about heaven and grace during those days. So I think I had a, I think I had a, what I'd call, I guess, a healthy, <laughs> a healthy respect. You know, uh, I didn't fear him in the long run. I thought he was the good, benevolent being, but I, but I did fear hell for sure. Sure, you know. Yeah. So and that and that was confusing. Yeah. yeah, how that could work. Right. But my vision of God was probably an old man with a, mm-hmm. a big long white beard and probably robes and yeah, you know that kind of thing. Pretty yeah. typical for a kid, right? You know? Right. And so, um, did uh, your image, you know, your visualization of God, you know, as you as you grew and matured, uh, did it evolve, change? I think so. I think I began to think more about, we learned a lot more about, you know, other the other spirits. You know, we learned about Jesus, a lot more about Jesus. You know, like in my young adult years, I went to a Christian college. And so, I, you know, in the college I went to, you were required to have a Bible class every semester. So you virtually went through most of the Bible, you know, during that time. A lot of emphasis on the New Testament, some on the Old Testament without, you know, we could skip Leviticus, but, you know, other than that. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But anyway, uh, if I'm honest about it. But yeah, I think, I know that it changed because um, 
I, I can't, it's hard to, it's hard to think like, what was my visual image? I think I began to lose a visual image and I just thought of the powerfulness. Uh, there was a lot of talk by that time about nature, you know, and the universe. And that's when we first began to hear about like, well, if the universe, you know, the universe likes it or the universe accepts different things, you know, kind of, and, and I didn't subscribe to that. In fact, I denied that being just the universe. But to me, I was like, well, God is bigger than anything I can imagine, you know, and I begin to see it more as I begin to see God as more of the things that that he causes, you know, like a tidal wave, uh, the ocean. I remember the first time I was a young adult, the first time I saw the ocean and I just stared out at it and had kind of a it was almost a creepy, chill feeling like this is what eternity is. Yeah, you know, because as far as you could see in the ocean was it was it, it was never ending. It went to the horizon line, you know, and I just was and the wave just kept coming in and coming in. I was and I loved it. And I was over I was overcome with it. You know, I was like, oh, I was like, God, you are very close right now. You know, so I began to see I began to feel God more than I saw God. I, I guess I'd put it that way during those years, you know. Didn't have a real visual image of like a, a man looking person anymore. Begin to think of him as a concept, but more than that, but but as a real sure, yeah. a concrete a concrete right. being, you know. Right. So you go from a a grandpa mm-hmm. robes beard yeah. Yeah. to um, it kind of evolved more into less of a visualization mm-hmm. and more of you know, ideas and mm-hmm. concepts, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, how did that progress? So at this point, how old are you? Probably in my twi- young 20s, okay. early 20s, okay. something like that. So uh, it's kind of, okay, let's go back to this, you know, the grandpa image mm-hmm. of God. Um what do you think reinforced that? Do you think it was just simply the visual is it, the visual aids? Um, I'm not sure. I, I had a grandfather. My mom's dad was a very godly man. That's where okay. that's where her her upbringing was in a strict Christian home, you know. Um, and he, I just thought he could do no wrong. And so I think maybe that's a lot of where it came from. We really believe that Grandpa Merritt was this sage of a kind of a person you know uh he didn't look the part of what you would draw god as he was a bald-headed guy you mm-hmm. know <laughs> i have great memories of him but yeah. but i do think i re, i do remember there's a picture of grandma and grandpa sitting at a kitchen table and and their hands are folded like in prayer you know like i think he's praying and it's just maybe a picture of him uh, as he prays over the food, you know, someone took a picture and, and that stayed with me a lot. His, his gnarled hands, you know, I, I don't know. We seem to think of God as old, Yeah, you know, <laughs> a being, yeah. a being who has all power and can have any, you know, any form that they want, but we picture them as old with gnarled hands and arthritis right. in their yeah. knuckles. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of that's kind of yeah. strange, but I think it mostly came from from that from older men that I saw, you know, in my young uh, days. I went with my dad a few times to actually the deathbed of somebody, you know, when when they would back in those days they would ask 
you know, an elder or a preacher or a good friend to come and like help, you know, have a vigil over somebody in their last few days. And I remember going with dad a couple of times and he said, now this man is, it was a a man from church and he said, you know, he's very, very sick. He's probably not going to be awake any, might just look like he's laying there. He don't be afraid. He could die while we're standing there, you know, and I was probably eight or nine, 10 years old at the time. Um, but he had that same look. He had the same, you know, the old hands and the kind of pallid, you know, features and stuff. Um, but anyway, I think it must have come from that. Just my picture of what old people sure. that I respected okay. looked like. Right, right. You know. Uh, was God angry? Was he loving? Was Because um, you can, talked about some fear there, yeah, but you, you would call yeah. it a healthy respect. Yeah, I think I, I think I, while I read enough by then, you know, by, by my early teens, I had read, you know, about how he, someone touched the Ark of the Covenant, bam, lightning, you know, um, and how he wiped out nations and things like that. Um, So I knew he could be angry, you know, and I I did. And I had a father who could be angry. Could be angry, yeah. And so I know that I I, extrapolated Uh it from there. My dad was a very, uh, he expected you to do what he said, you know, yeah. and if you didn't, you could hear the belt going through the loops coming off his, <laughs> yeah, I mean, off of his jeans. And we heard that many times, you know. Uh, I don't remember ever getting the belt, but my brothers do, you know. They do for sure. They've talked about that. Um, so, yeah, I think I thought, I, I think I thought more than I wanted to think that he was, that he was angry, that he that he could be angry. Watch out because don't mess with him, you know. Because do what he wants, and you're good. And and that and that actually went into a thing where even in my early uh, adult years, my early twenties, we had that concept in the church I grew up in. Everybody I knew had that concept of there's the line, step over it and you're safe. Step back and you're right. not, and it goes back and yes. forth on a daily basis. Yes. So yeah, yes. there was. Definitely that yeah. concept. You have to be you know? prayed up and confessed up. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they would even say, like, unhealthy as it may sound, I remember classes in my teen years where the, a young teacher, maybe just a few years older than myself, three or four years older, would say, you know, you just hope that if you have a wreck, you know, that you, the last thing you did was pray. You're like, wow. Wow, that's, wow. There's a big piece. Of, there's a big chunk of fear. Word. You know? Yeah. 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 So it's like you know you want to pray you want to you honest and 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 said it in a nice way you always want to be in touch with God because yeah. the day you die you need to be like you said prayed up you know and I, that was confusing quite frankly yeah. you know now I know it was confusing at the time I was like yeah you do this yeah it. you should this, this, yeah you know? it's just the way it is right? <laughs> yeah yeah wow and yeah then, so yeah I, I yeah. would say I guess in truth I have to admit that I felt he was he was angry you know and I was fearful. Um, and I, you know, I always hoped to get to heaven. Even my mom, my mom passed away last fall and even not at the very end, but within four months, three or four months before she passed away, she knew her time was coming and she would say, I'd say, mom, you know, are you afraid? You know, I'd, I'd ask her over the, over the last several years, are you, are you fearful of death? And she would say, No. And I'd say, but at the same time, you don't, she would say, but 
she had told me over the years, you know, you can't know you're going to be in heaven. You can just hope that you've done what you can do, what you know to do, and then trust God. That was her outlook. No, I've done everything. It wasn't quite, you earn it, you buy it. But it was, you know, there was still like, you just do the best you can do, and then you trust that God is God, you know. Um, so there was there, that element was throughout. Sense of uncertainty. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a lot of bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you go from uh, okay. So you go from this image of God to you know later uh, early adulthood. Mm-hmm. You you've kind of evolved into a, a less of a maybe a physical image of God mm-hmm. and more of concepts and, and ideas. Uh, something more experiential, I would say. Yeah. Uh, right. I would and say God so. is bigger than anything you see. And so he kind mm-hmm. of surpasses these limitations that we right. tend to put on him. Would that yep. be accurate? To, yeah, I think yeah. that's well said. Um, I began to think, I don't, I never liked, I never really thought of it as like nature. God is nature. I was thinking God causes nature. God, you know, he's, he, those kind of things where I know a lot of people still, you know, will say, well, I'm closer to God when I'm in the mountains or I'm closer to God when I'm at the ocean. And I, and I, spoke to that just a few minutes ago but um yeah i think i conceptualized it a lot more than having a visual man looking i did think of him as male isn't that interesting because i keep saying man right now i did think of him as as male i think we talked the other day and i told you i had an experience when i was a uh, when my kids were very young baby baby and toddler age i have two kids um i went to a class <clears throat> and it, a woman, taught by a woman who was not from our our faith background, and she did a whole six week lesson I think on on God, you know, and God with with us, and um, and she started talking about how God is not a man, in which we're like, yeah, we okay, we get that. She did a whole lesson. God is not a man. He doesn't. He has. He's described in the in the Bible that way for these reasons, and so she went through all of that. She's very well learned, you know, and and even the Greek and st- and things. And then she about the second time we're there, she starts talking about actually God is both male and you know, He has the attributes of both male and female. When you raised up in my conservative background, you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what? You know. So we, but I was very open. I've always had a pretty open mind about challenging myself you know about things and so i'm like okay i'm just gonna hear her out i don't know where she's going with this but i was i I was really blessed with that lesson with that series because what she talked about was think about it what what are the attributes of god that you take comfort in he's nurturing he's loving he wants what's best for us he's giving he you know he sustains he's a sustainer i mean everything you can come up with that's what what does a mother do? She gives, she loves, she you know unconditional, all these things. So uh, that that expanded my view for sure of of who God was. And then we've we've spoken before about the spirit. You know, the spirit doesn't even enter in for right. a good piece of your life. <laughs> right. In my, in my background, yeah. We we didn't know what to do with him. You know, yeah. what was his job? Right. You know, isn't that right. strange? You yes. think of like jo- Jesus. We know what his job was to die on the cross, come in the flesh, and die on the cross. We know what God's job was because He was the Creator. 
what was the spirit's job? Oh, well, he must have been the one that approved the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I say that? Right. Yeah. Can I say that? Well. <laughs> anyway, so like, he was the he was the uh, underwriter for the sure. Know, yeah, that's whatever it. for the Bible. Right, you yeah. know, he was an uh, author publisher. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that's terrible. Right. I can't believe I said that out loud. But uh, but it's I true. Have, it's, it's true. true. And it's I actually true. have. I spoke about some of my siblings and, and uh, some of them still, some, a couple of my brothers are still will say, you know, the spirit, you know, the Holy spirit inspired the Bible. And that's, that's where you, that's where he is. That's when you, that's when you have access to him. You know, I disagree with that a hundred percent. So. Anyway. Yeah. If we stop and think about some of those things, um, and, and of course, the, that's the sort of stuff that reinforces whatever their image is. It would be interesting mm-hmm. to have a conversation with each one of them, oh, right? Would, say, wouldn't it? What's your mental visualization of God, right? I would love to do that. Um, I may have to. But, and it's, it's, really, it's really fascinating because there's so many other aspects as to, or factors as, that, that help to mold and shape and create these images of these ideas and concepts we have of God that really goes beyond just simply the Bible yes. or what we're taught there. You know, yeah. we, we, we make God into ourselves in some mm-hmm. sense or someone we know. Um, God begins to, and that's the danger though, because when God begins to only look like our one part of our parents, right? Like right. only the father or if God only looked like the mother. And then... Uh, even what that looked like depends upon well, what your mom's like or what exactly. your dad's like, right? Or what your grandpa was like. or The one person you connect God with. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a scary place yeah. to be. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Um, yeah. And so, okay, so let's talk about where you are now. What's, mm-hmm. that, what's that mental, what is now today as, you know, Amy Smith, you know, uh, having matured, you know, all these years and been on this journey, you mm-hmm. know, uh, for this time. I won't say all this time. I'll just say <laughs> for this time, right? For a while. Uh, for, <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm glad we can have fun. Yeah. Um, so you know, where are you now? Well, um, it's interesting because we've talked about this over two or three weeks, you know, just in the office and in some other places, you know, some other ways. But um, really, when you first were going to invite me to do this, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I, I could, I'm sure I can talk about that. And then you have to sit down and go, what is my vision of God? Well, it has it, you know, and I didn't go back. It's you're a good interviewer because I didn't go back to like, well, wait, what was, where did it come from? And sure, where did it, sure. So those questions help a lot and it, help, and it helps the process, you know, of, of where your mind is. I know that a lot of where even, I even am now, and I'm talking from 30 years ago, because 30 years ago I was <clears throat> in a church where my husband was uh, a deacon. And we were very involved, you know, and our kids were very involved in the whole and everything. Um, I had a, a preacher's wife taught a class on women of the Bible. And when I say when, when I say she taught a class, she didn't take like the four that you've ever heard of. She took every woman in the Bible, in oh, the wow. whole New Testament. She And she did Wednesday night lessons on them. Yeah. Um, and she's about 20, 25 years older than me. So, I mean, I was felt like I was sitting at the... Sure. You know, <laughs> sitting at the seat of Gamaliel, if, if, if it was a woman. <laughs> Mrs. Gamaliel. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so she... Uh, it's interesting because even though she was only dwelling on the women, 
of course, everything, all the aspects came into that, you know, so, so my picture of God began to, to take on a lot of different facets, I guess. Um, about that same time, I also, and then she went back and took the Old Testament and went all the way through, and she didn't skip any of them. I, I'd love to have her notes, but anyway, about that same time, I began to interpret, sign language interpret for a couple at church. We had this person that brought a friend, a, a pair of, you know, a couple in, and she signed for them, but then she moved away. So I had some sign language experience from my younger, my other days. That's a different story to tell, but... Um, I'm bringing that into it because when you physically use your hands to, to tell somebody what somebody else is saying about God and so on, it, it, it becomes part of your inner being, you know? So for five years, I interpreted for this couple sermon, class, baptism, worship, worship, everything, you know? And I began to visualize in a way when I was talking to God, when I was praising God, like from the words of the songs or from the scripture that would be read, I began to have this notion of like, he's right here and I'm really, we're really, we're really having this one-on-one kind of conversation, you know, and I think a lot of it had to do with the physicality of me using my hands to, you know, to do that. It was, it's... it's very, wow. uh, it's, it's awe inspiring. Yeah. Wow. It really yeah. is. And so when you, and then I'm, and what I'm getting to is there was, there came to be a place that whenever we were singing, for example, glory to God, or I stand in awe or anything that had to do with reverence toward God, there was this one focal point that I had in the, in the church building that I would always cast my eyes to. Uh, didn't see anything up there. We didn't have artwork up there or anything, but there was just always this. And I think that just helped me focus like you would do yeah. maybe in a meditation sure, yeah. state. You yeah. know? Um, and so I began to focus on this one focal point. And particularly there was a song, um, which of course I can't come up with all of it right now, but it, it's the one about where I, and I know that there are angels all around, you know, is one of the phrases in that. And so when I'm when I'm showing that with my hands and I'm doing there are angels all around, my hand is going all around this audience of people and encompassing myself and encompassing this couple because, you know, I'm a very expressive person, talk with my hands, talk with my face. And so I'm trying to get the point across to this one couple that I'm talking to, but I'm saying but I'm feeling it. And I can feel that I'm getting a chill right now, honestly. I can feel that there are angels on around. I almost felt like I could see them. I swear it was it was weird because you don't see them, but I almost felt like they're just right there. If I could just put on that other pair of glasses, you know, I would, they'd be, I, then I'd see them. You know, so I began to have a very um, I don't know what <laughs> transcendental kind of yeah. a experience mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. which I would. I would feel the presence, what I would call feeling the presence of God or feeling like there are angels nearby. They're ministering spirits, whether they're angels or not. We also had a guy um, that did a a series of lessons on seeing the unseen. There's a book by that name, and and, and, and he came and did that thing where our church. Then we had another guy that was a member of our church who taught about the spirit realm, both good and bad, yeah, both evil and, and good. And so a lot of that 
has brought has come into my place and we're still talking mid to late 30s you know so all that being said that's never gone anywhere that's still there and so I think because of a lot of that I think a lot of it had to do with those five years that I did that also my kids were growing up you know my my son wanting to be a become a Christian wanting to be baptized and me us talking through that it's interesting my son wanted to be baptized when he was nine but he he was about 11 when he was baptized my daughter had a very strong, firm faith, and does to this day. They both do. But she had no interest in baptism until she was about 15, 16 years old, to the point that my poor mom would call and go, do you think Jenny's going to one day, do you think you're, she's going to be baptized, right? Uh, you know, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I was like, Mom, absolutely. You know, it, it has to be on her timetable. And, sure, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's interesting how it... it once you get into this place where you accept, I think I had to accept like all the different thoughts and feelings and visions. And, you know, if I have to put that into words, you don't realize it when you're going through it, even even maybe now until we have this conversation. But I know that now I have a concept of God as a as his presence. Mm-hmm. Always, always. I feel like he is always right here. In the room with me, you know. Now, are there days that I go, shouldn't be watching this movie? This isn't the best. <laughs> this isn't the best example of what of something I should be paying attention to. And I'm talking like, you know, some of these, um, some of these movies about, you know, uh, spies and stuff like that. There's a lot of violence and things like that. But you know, there's still moments where you'll go, yeah. He's right here with me, and here I am. What am I doing? You know, and I don't. But I don't feel like I'm in trouble. I just feel like this. He's always just right there. Right. You know, part of me, inside and out, I guess. So now, <clears throat> I have more sense of of him being here, his presence. As far as do I feel it? Sometimes I do. I remember back in back. Let's go back again. You know, to that. 38-year-old, 40-year-old woman. I was extreme. I was going through a period. I was extremely just having a rough time. I think my dad had passed away. I was very lonely, um, even though I had a good marriage and I had kids and people around me. I just had a very lonely time. I was feeling alone in the world. People go through that. And I remember sitting by myself at our house, kids at school, market work. I'm sorry. That's not his real name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and uh, and so we're sitting there. I'm sitting there in crying because I just feel alone, you know. And I and I just begged God to please just just put your arms around me right now. And the air pressure in my house changed, and I felt as if someone was like putting some putting a, an invisible cloak around me, you know, in that moment. And that will make you a believer very quickly, that kind of an experience, you know. And I've had, it, and it's not super unusual. It's not like daily all the time I have that kind of a presence. But I'm, I've always been strangely aware from the time I was very young. I was, I became a Christian when I was 10. I was a super serious kid, you know, about about those matters. Um, and I have always felt 
I, like someone will say, have you, how many days go by but, and you just didn't even think about God? And I'm like, uh, zero, <laughs> zero, right, exactly. Right. You know, yeah. um, not because I'm so righteous. It's just that's that's how my that's how my psyche works. You know, so so looking back, um, do you think that there was ever a time where your your image of God? Um, of course, it sounds like you know at this point, majority of your life has been less of an image and more of a uh, less of a mental visualization, right. should I say? You know, right. and definitely more experiential. Um, do you think that there maybe ever was a time where how you thought about God, uh, this visualization, if you will, mm-hmm. um, was wasn't helpful? Was negative? Was maybe some hindrances mm-hmm. brought upon some limitations? Mm-hmm. Um, kept you from seeing, you know, uh, God maybe in the way that you see Him today? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think more than likely, you know, the flannel graph God wasn't very helpful. <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> I think yeah. I took a I took an art class. I took, you know, art appreciation. Like everybody has to take something, you know, when you're in school. And I do remember saw a lot of went to a lot of art museums and things like that just in my lifetime. And I did connect with like all of the Renaissance art, you know, the iconic stuff. Um I remember maybe I've told you but, you know, the the big finger of God touching the finger of Adam, you mm-hmm. know, on the yeah, yeah. Sistine Chapel, things like that. Um, those were those were in there, you know, and I accepted those as that's. I think that's a good rendition, you know, because I think for me it was more not to necessarily try to have a face that was always the same face, you know, and I don't think I resisted it. It's just that happened. I do recall when I was a little girl, my sister was. Um, was teaching a class or trying to put together some materials. My sister's an artist, and she drew a picture. Um, now, she she cut a picture out of a magazine, and it was like a mom holding a, a little infant, and it had that nat- kind of nativity look, yeah. you know? But they were Middle Eastern. Wonder why? <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> and she showed it. She made. She put together this book about the life of Jesus. I think it was for a class or something. And I was probably eight, nine, ten years old. And she said, "Look at this." Um, I was probably a little older because we were talking about it on, on a different level. And I remember her saying, "Why does every coloring book and every flannel graph have Jesus as a white, blue-eyed guy?" You know. And so there, there was a lot of that the conversation in my in my life with, and she said, I mean, he he was a Jew, he was born in yeah. Nazareth, yeah. he was right. over in the Mediterranean <laughs> Sea, you know, and so it was, and so I did, I started having that kind of an image of Jesus, which was strange, you know, like even kind of young, I was like, I don't know, that's that is kind of weird, I guess. I didn't understand that we westernized everything. Sure, that, sure. I was too young. Right. Yeah. But, you know, um, so did I think your question was, though, did I ever have an un, like a not helpful image? I think only only when I thought of him as angry God. Yeah. Yes, I would say, you know, uh, probably, you know, in, in my younger years. Um, and that's, I don't know, is it? 
you know, we always still struggle. We always struggle with, you know, how can a good God allow X, Y, and Z and those kind of things. Um, I don't know that, that. I mean, I don't. When I say I don't know, I mean that's still just something that I think people are going to struggle with. Sure, you know. Yeah. There's realities of life that you can't get past. Under you can't understand them, and then you decide what am I going to do with this? You know, and and what I do with that is I go. I'm glad he's God and I'm not, you know, because that's a bigger question than I can answer. Um, to some people, that probably sounds like a a get by, you know. I, I don't. It's not for me, you know. Uh, there, in every area of my life, there's somebody you have to eventually like hand something over to. Sure, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not in charge of everything, you know. So anyway, I, I'm sure it has been the, the angry side of God. You know, those those images are not helpful. Um, so would you say that you are now okay with, or maybe, maybe just, have you always been okay with there being this sense of mystery, um, this, you know, behind what's going on and, you know, obviously now, <clears throat> excuse me, being okay with not having all the answers, being okay mm-hmm. with saying, I'm not in control of this, I don't know. Right. You know, to me, for me, that is a testament to the fact that you understand that there's a bit of mystery behind mm-hmm. all of this. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that, that that you've kind of always thought that? Um, is that something you grew into? Um, I think I, I, yes, I think I matured into it in a way. I think I always... I would have looked at it a different way sure. at a certain time, yeah. at a certain period in my life. In my college, you know, high school, a young adult, young mother, in those years, I think I would have, would have more said, well, I accept it, you know. Right. I accept that there's just things we're not going to – let's let's be honest, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, take it away from God, okay? Take it away from the mystique of creator and savior and messiah and all that. You know, I don't know calculus, and I'm never going to understand calculus, you know? And so for me, uh, that's not like, well, then it can't, then Then it's not real, you know? (laughs) Right. Then calculus doesn't work then, you know? So that's how my brain works, you know? I'm never going to get calculus. I barely get much algebra. So, you know, Uh, so I think there there was a long time. I think there's a time that you kind of have that stubborn feeling like, I'm gonna learn all about it. I'm gonna then I'll know it for sure. And I went. I'm, I know. I know that I went through the, that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the mystique part of it, the mystery. I I actually love that. Yeah, yeah. I, right? I embrace it. Right. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I strangely, um, when there's a challenge, now it's not challenge is not always fun. I'm not gonna. I'm not a saint like that. But but I do embrace the tension of of like oh gonna have to struggle with that one yeah. you know <laughs> here's a concept i haven't thought of yet you know yes yes i, I yes, like that yes i like that and i and i and i kind of seek more of that kind yeah. of a thing that's why we get know? along so well yeah besides the sarcasm <laughs> part of yeah. it yeah <laughs> it's awesome yeah it's awesome great all right well um thanks for being on this Podcast. It's been great. It's been yeah. fun. Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed. I hope you guys have uh, resonated with some of the things that were stated here. Um, you know, each person's journey is unique. It's interesting because in the interviews I've I'm, I've had, 
they're, they're all different, and uh, everybody's experiences are going to be different, which is why we have to approach these things not from a right or wrong perspective, but just simply it is. It's people's experiences, and um, so much of those experiences, those aren't things you can necessarily control, right? I mean, those um, are... No. Yeah. Little, little. That's where you have little control. Exactly, exactly, you know. And, yeah. But when you get to that point where you can begin to reflect mm-hmm. and um, you know, deal with maybe inconsistencies, maybe uh, some things that are challenging about how you see God and mm-hmm. how, you know, I mean, when life happens, you, you, it tends to, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes challenge what you think of God, your expectations mm-hmm. or how you think God works and so on and so on, right? Yeah. And I know you've had a lot of those. And um, yeah. but it's when we get go through that, right? We're able to look back on this stuff and uh, begin to ask and potentially even answer now right. you know, serious questions about this, you know. Um, but it's a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. And uh, um, as we wrap this up, you have anything else you'd like to like to finish well, with? Well, that that brings up one ex- one more thought, and that is that you know um, your comfort level with how you talk to God, you know. Oh yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, most recently, I've had a couple of situations where I'm very concerned about a situation or a person, sure. or you know. And I'll and I'll maybe be driving. I'll be by myself, and I'll just you know. Lately, I've just been like God. Okay, mm. you know. Okay, I just realized that I've been pretending you don't really know what's going on with me right now, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I know that you do, so let's get that out of the way, you know. Uh, and it's very interesting how, uh, I th- and I think part of that is embracing the mystique, yeah, too, yeah, to just say, you know, I don't even know how to pray what it is that I need or that this person that I care about needs or. You know, um, you know that I have a niece that had a brain tumor. You know, she's doing very well now, but this was nine years ago and uh, eight or nine years ago. And she, you know, you don't know what you don't, you you know, you can ask for a miracle. But do I really believe that the doctor is going to go in and that egg sized tumor is not going to be there? Quite honestly, no, I don't. You know, do I think God could do that? Absolutely. So where's that? There's a tension. Let's deal with that one for a while, you know. And I don't ever doubt his power and ability. But, you know, I come more to terms now with, with saying, I, I don't know, you know. And for that, and I've, I've shared this with you already, but for that, I remember saying, you know, Jesus, if you're walking down the street and this child was sitting there and we were in that part of that part of history, you know, when Jesus was on the earth, he just cast his eyes over there. That thing would be taken care of, you know. And so I will say, please just cast your eyes on this child and take care of this. Now, whatever that means to us, you know, great. So, yeah, it, I think closing remarks, maybe that's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's a good thing to, to end with for me is that, you know, a lot more comfortable talking to God about who I really am now yeah, yeah, than yeah. probably ever before. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We're looking forward in the next couple of weeks to have a few more people lined up to be on the podcast. And so we're looking forward to that. And join us next time as we explore Becoming Like Jesus from the Inside Out.